Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Originated with Shanahan. Purdy down the middle and intercepted by Bynum. Purdy threw it right to him. Now back to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Mark, Randy, Sterling, Bennett with you. Craig Valentino behind the glass, making us sound good. Uh, the Niners did not sound good tonight. Final score in Minnesota, 22-17. to They lose to the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of blame to go around in this one. We can talk a little bit about the defense here. We've got some sound from Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. We can circle back to the offense as well. Brock Purdy has talked to the media Uh, We'll get to uh, some of that as well. But I want to get to a couple of phone calls here, as promised. Javier from Vacaville has been holding on for quite a while. Javier, you're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. The Niners fall to the Vikings today, Javier, 22-17. What did you think of that game? First off, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing doing well, Javier. How are you? Depressed. All right. Um, just, you know, no disrespect. I've been on the show uh, for, you know, nightcap and rather recap of like, you know, post game for 49ers, uh, you know, contest. But, you know, don't please don't sit there and say that Steve Wilkes is the, uh, you know, end all be all regards to the scapegoat. They gave up, you're talking about all these yards and catches and, t- bro, they gave up two touchdowns and three field goals. Like, that, that that's men don't break mentality. People are going to get yards in this league. Like, we're all worried about Kirk Cousins throwing for almost 20 yards. Yeah, they scored twice. They gave up three field goals. Like, our kicker missed the kick, and McCaffrey has a fumble. Like, whoever wins the turnover battle and can rush the football is going to win the ball, win the ball game nine times out of ten. But they only gave up 22 points, two touchdowns, and three field goals. That's fantastic. The Niners are averaging 30 points a game. Purdy's played. What's happened is the Niners have a quarterback now that's been truly dissected, uh, genuinely evaluated. Most importantly, he's been uh, transparently understood because of the film that he's put on tape where defensive coordinators know how to stop him. But the thing that's very concerning is I'm not no um, Trey Lance apologist, but I'm a Trey Lance fan. And I'm not saying that they should have had a position where, oh, they, uh, you know, should look to, you know, keep Trey Lance and have him be a starter, but they gave up on him way too fast because of peer, not even peer pressure, but I feel like of outside pressure. I'm not saying he would be the end-all be-all, but it's just like, again, you guys, or not you guys, but the overall narrative was we were sold on Purdy after 10 games. I'm not saying he's a bust. But, again, he's 23 years old. He's had not even a whole football season worth of starts. And, and again, both holding out, he's not ready to play. I'm not saying he's not ready to play 
the way that he can play as an NFL starter, but he's not who he was because of all the time he did not have in training camp. He was like, oh, yeah, well, look at the sacks or lack thereof. And most importantly, no disrespect, sir, the Niners put up 17 points last week, and they put up 17 points this week. Mm-hmm. When you go from averaging 30 and the defense gives up 22 a game, that is fantastic in the NFL to, not, to, not, to say, it's a defense. That is absolutely egregious and incompetent. They are not putting up points the way they were previous. The Niners holding the Vikings to 22 points, and they gave up almost 400 passing yards. That is an A-plus defensive effort. You're talking about the yards they gave up. How many points did they give up? And, and they had how many short fields did they have with Moody's miss, with, with the, the lack of uh, consistency offensively? Purdy didn't have a bad game, but he's not doing what he was doing in the first 11, 12 starts. And I know that the Debo is out and et cetera, but again, that is because there is tape on him now. So now Shanahan needs to have a counteraction to where he can create a different wrinkle in the offense or this is just who he's going to be. But to sit there and say, oh, it's Steve. No, it's not Steve Wilkes' fault. Steve Wilkes is not getting the best out of Bosa. Outside of, outside of Hufanga, their number one paid defensive back to various Ward, he was in position, but you can't give up that play. And he's given up a lot of ass, pause, but he's not doing what you're paying a corner of his caliber and his contract to do. But he's not in any way, shape, or form to blame, quote unquote, in the touchdown for the half. He just, there's a bang, bang play. He made the play, and the dude wanted it more and or had stronger hands on that particular snap. Hey, Javi, Javi. To say we're not we're running the ball too much, no, the run game opens up the passing game, sir. Javi, um, I want to ask you a question. So, Steve Wilkes, if it's not his fault, then why did the Vikings drive 89 yards against them in six minutes? If it isn't Steve Wilkes' fault, why did the Cleveland Browns with no Nick Chubb and no Deshaun Watson – and no starting left guard drive 83 yards and five plays against this defense in two minutes and 16 seconds. Sure, it isn't all on Steve Wilkes, but when you look at where this team is being beat, it's defensive penalties, it's holding calls, it's just poor secondary play, it's not getting pressure. Nick Bosa's played seven games this year. Seven games. And he can't get me one sack tonight? I get it. First couple weeks, sure, give him a break. You got to get sacks seven weeks into the season. There are certain players that don't play the entirety of training camp. First week, get a sack or two. And I think we could all agree that, oh, Nick Bosa can have that time off. He doesn't need it. But now we're sitting here 12 games of a stretch. He's three and a half sacks. And then when your defensive line can't get pressure, who does that hurt? Your secondary. When your secondary gets hurt, who does that hurt? Your offense. It makes them have to play better, and without Debo, without Trent, uh, they're not going to play perfect. And you're asking Brock Purdy right now to play perfect because your defense isn't doing their job. 22 points, I get that. That's not a lot. This offense should be able to put up 23 points a game. The difference is... If they don't turn the ball over, they do. Right. they don't miss a field goal, they do. And they win the game. No one's saying it's just Steve Wilkes' fault, but right now, Steve Wilkes gave up, or his defense, which he's in charge of, Gave up 478 yards tonight against a mediocre, starless Vikings offense. In fact, they came into tonight with the best defense when it came to guarding tight ends. Hawkinson, great tight end. 11 catches, 86 yards, 7.6 yards a pop. When you have Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, those guys should be able to eliminate tight ends. In fact, they have almost their entire time here in San Francisco. Why didn't it work tonight? And I think some of the issues 
I think where I agree with Javier, 452 yards, you only give up 22 points. That's a damn miracle. You give up 450 plus, usually you're giving up 30 or more points. Like that is that is impressive. So Javier, I agree with you in that regard. The fact that the 49ers um, were able to keep this a close game defensively, despite the fact they were getting gashed over and over and over again, speaks to what Javier said, bend but don't break. They were also aided by a missed field goal by Greg Joseph of the Minnesota Vikings. If you're putting it on the Niners' offense by saying, well, you just make a field goal, guess what? You're in this game. Minnesota makes an extra field goal. Guess what? It's an eight-point game instead of a five-point game down the stretch. We can go both ways on this. Um, And I think some of the other things with Steve Wilkes are you just look at some of the strategy, and frankly, it didn't make a ton of sense. First of all, throughout much of the first half, Steve Wilkes bringing the blitz. I am not just straight up opposed to blitzing. It's something the Niners have not done a lot of in the past. Doesn't mean I don't think it can work. Not a good thing. But what was happening in the first half when the Niners were blitzing Kirk Cousins? They were not getting to Kirk Cousins. And what happens when you blitz and you don't get home to the quarterback? You are asking your defensive backs to do something nearly impossible. Defend with only four or five guys dropping back in coverage for five seconds. You simply cannot do that. And the other thing was, uh, Steve Wilkes, when he's blitzing, you're expecting your pass rush to get to the quarterback. So what kind of passes are you expecting? Short passes, quick outs, slants, screens. And what were you doing? You were playing your cornerbacks and defensive backs 10 yards off of the receivers. You were giving them a soft cushion to pick up six, seven, eight yards for free every single time. Why are you blitzing but playing soft against the receivers? You got to press them. Get up on a man-to-man and make them earn it. Make the offensive line buy Kirk Cousins time and make them beat you over the top. And that's not even talking about the final play offensively for the Vikings in the first half. The one time when you shouldn't blitz is when you know Minnesota has to try to take a shot down the field. Why are you giving... Mooney Ward against a speedster receiver, yes, a rookie, but a speedster receiver who already burned him once for a touchdown. Why are you giving him no safety help? I get, I'm not, I'm not against Steve Wilkes and his plan to blitz more than D'Amico Ryan's ever did. I'm not against. I'm, honestly, I wanted not the Niners' defense to blitz more in the past than what they would do. Mm-hmm. But when it's not working, when you're not getting home, and you're pairing that by playing extremely soft against the receivers, that just doesn't add up. What's the strategy there? You're feeding into what the Vikings want. Exactly. (laughs) If you're going to blitz them, what does Kirk Cousins want? Get the ball out quick. And what is the Niners' defense allowing them to do? Get the ball out quick. It's what TJ Hawkinson did all game. Sounds like the exact opposite as to what the Niners offense did tonight. It was as if the game plan for both teams didn't really add up to what the Vikings like to do or can't do on defense or can't do on offense. It's almost as if Shanahan and Wilkes made a game plan and said, we didn't look at any Vikings tape. We watched the Browns game last week and came in and said, we got this one in the bag. And and again, players have to execute. No turnovers, they win this game. A couple field goals made, you win last week. It's not as if the Niners haven't played 
or their performances, despite being how, how bad they are, they could have won the past two games. They easily could have won the past two games. The issue is that it's there's a coaching issue, and then you add in the execution issue, that's when you lose. And for two games in a row, when you're just not playing good football, when you're missing field goals, when you're now having your quarterback have turnovers, when your best player offensively is fumbling in the red zone, when your defense is giving up chunk plays, which they hadn't done the first five games of the year, you're going to lose. And through two games, it feels like there hasn't been a readjustment in four quarters. It feels like that when you think, okay, go down, get a touchdown, and you can make it 7-10. to 10. Great. You hope you can stop the Vikings offense, you hold them to a field goal at least, and you're fine. Then your defense, you blitz, you give up a touchdown, and you immediately, immediately after your offense just picked itself back up and got in the end zone and made this a game, your defense let you down. That's on Steve Wilkes. That's just ignoring common sense. And right now, I feel like that goes on both players or both head coaches and, and, and Wilkes. It feels like both coaches are ignoring common sense. And the other thing I think defensively that you can point to, it was less of a concern just in terms of the number today, um, but penalties have been an issue defensively as well. You look at the Niners against Cleveland, and this wasn't all defensive penalties, uh, but a week ago in Cleveland, 12 penalties for 105 yards for the 49ers last time out. Today, penalties only 5 for 37, but they came in really important moments. They came on the final drive, which extended a drive. Uh, which added a few more yards. It was, I think, second and 13 after a negative run, and there was an incompletion. Uh, but there was defensive holding. It's only a five-yard penalty, but it erases the second and 13, makes it an automatic first down. It led to a Vikings field goal. Who knows if the game shakes out differently if that penalty does not happen. And generally, I'm, I'm not saying this is always fair, when you have sloppiness from a defense, penalties, grabs, you have defensive holding, you have illegal touching, you have hands to the face, you got DPI. There was a DPI on Diamador Lenore in the end zone, very near the end zone in yep. the first half. Which there defense were... made a great stop, helped him do a field goal. Exactly, and then there was another one that probably should have been called on Mooney Ward yep. later that did not get called. Maybe the Niners got away with one there. But generally, when you have that sort of sloppiness, who are you blaming? Coaching. Generally, yeah. It's like Chris Paul. You coaching? Right now, Shanahan and Wilkes aren't. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the Niners this year as a team, and I don't know if this includes tonight, lead the NFL in penalties. That's insane. A team Numbers that, of penalties or yards? Well, I'll get there. Uh-oh. If, it's, if this is as of tonight, the Niners have 50 total penalties. If it doesn't include tonight, they have 55 leading the NFL. I'll, I'll try to look into this. Yardage, again, if it doesn't include tonight, 421 yards given up on penalties. The second most in football. This team is playing undisciplined football. This team is, whether it's they're out of position, whether it's they just are making dumb penalties, I believe they lead the NFL in unnecessary roughness calls. Like, it feels like that this team is just playing out of control, and I don't know if it's just a lack of coaching. I don't know if it's you just saying, you guys know how to play, go out there and do it. This team needs a reset button. Yeah, they're 5-2, and two, giving up 19-22 and 22 yards, or excuse me, points the past two games. There's reason to still believe in them. 
They won five games in a row and crushed the Cowboys, who are a good team in on national television. There's reason to buy in to what the San Francisco 49ers have to offer and how far they can go. But through seven games, they're five and two. They are two and two on the road, and they've lost their last two games and are the most penalized team in the entire NFL. And I can confirm that these uh, five penalties have been included in that count. Okay. So 50 penalties through seven games for 421 yards. That includes today. Seven penalties a game on average. Interestingly enough, the defense hasn't been penalized as much as I would have thought. Today, three of the five penalties were on the defense. Think back to last week against Cleveland, 12 total penalties, (laughs) only three against the defense uh, last week against Cleveland as well. So maybe it's not quite as bad as I'm remembering it, but the point still stands in key moments. You're making some of those penalties that are extending drives and leading to points, or at the very least, taking more time off the clock and making it a little more difficult on your offense. Even if... Say the 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 Vikings didn't get points out of their final drive. Say Greg Joseph missed that field goal, but the penalty still extended the drive and took more time off the clock. The Niners would have needed a field goal, but guess what? They were still battling the clock. The interception came out at the 40-yard line and would have been a 57-yard field goal at that point. Makeable by Moody, but also certainly missable. They yep. would have needed more, and clock was becoming an issue. They had time, certainly, to get within field goal range. But even if it didn't result in points, those penalties are still hurting your offense because you're putting them in a more difficult situation with less time on the clock. So I think the point still stands about the penalties, and I think the larger point about the defense, and specifically about the game plan of the defense, I I think is fair game across the board, despite what Javier and Vacaville argued a few minutes ago and I really appreciated his his argument and his intensity and his passion but I get the 22 points thing 22 points that's a great number if the Niners allow 22 points a game for the rest of the year they'll be enough to win it should be enough to win almost every single game that they play and it it has been up to this point if Jake makes a field goal tonight early in the game it's a what Two-point game again. But just because you only allowed 22 points does not mean this was a good day defensively. It was the worst day defensively that this team has had in a very long time. It's not just points. It really doesn't come down to points. It's getting off the field on third down. They couldn't do that. This, this For one of the few times the past four or five years, it feels like this Niners defense is playing or has played on its heels. At least tonight it certainly did. Against... Kirk Cousins, who's a fine quarterback, he's kind of the epitome of average. He'll do some nice things, but usually isn't the reason you're going to win. And it's more frustrating knowing the Vikings don't like to run the football. So, uh, as an Alexander Madison fantasy owner, <laughs> I feel that. But it does get, it almost allows San Francisco to say, "Oh, you know, our biggest weakness being run defense isn't going to be exposed tonight." And it really wasn't. Kirk Cousins beat the Niners. I can argue. Kirk Cousins was great tonight. Pretty perfect. Pretty perfect. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm out on that. <laughs> but it was uh, like coming. I knew that. I knew the Vikings don't want to run the football. I knew they didn't have Justin Jefferson. I knew they're going to target T.J. Hawkinson. Good I job. knew that. And what do I do? Sit on my butt all day and go. How do I prep for the Niners and and Vikings podcast I'm going to do later this week? If I know that, why don't the coaches being paid to stop it know that? I think what would fix a lot of the issues, and I've seen it on the YouTube chat, Never Go Full Jeff has pointed this out, and I feel the same way. I think Never Go Full Jeff, man. 
That's his name. That's yeah, his name. that's his name. I think what a lot of the defensive issues stem from is that this defense is just not producing negative plays right now. And a lot of that is the lack of sacks. No sacks today. And this goes back to Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Drake Jackson, uh, Eric Armstead in the middle of the defense as well. Like, this defense was so great last year and years past, first down, second down, getting a sack and putting a defense on third and long. And then you you can drop back six, seven, you can drop back seven into coverage, rush only four, and you can still make it difficult on an opponent. You're not getting negative plays. Instead of the defense facing a third and eight, you're facing a third and three. And it's an easy conversion, not easy, but easier for the offense. I think if this pass rush is able to pick it up, and yeah, you could you could talk about the scheme and, and maybe some of the strategic decisions as I laid out a little bit ago that I didn't frankly agree with and I'm frankly confused by with the 49ers. But so much of this is solved if Nick Bosa just gets home to the quarterback like he did last year for much of the season. So much of this is solved if that happens. Until that happens, you're asking everyone else on the defense to be just that much better. And while they're probably capable of playing better because I don't think anyone had a great game by any means, they're probably capable of playing better. But if that doesn't happen, if you're not getting to the quarterback, you're not going to have many games where you're you're going to allow one for eight on third downs. You're going to keep an opponent to only 220 yards of total offense. You're only you're going to keep them at 14 point, 13 points. If you're not getting to the quarterback in today's NFL, it's just simply that much more difficult than everyone else. And if that does not begin happening on a relatively consistent basis, this could be an issue for the long term. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. They're not. You going, need a consistent pass. They're right. not going to beat the Eagles. They might not beat the Seahawks. Okay, well, that actually hurt my feelings a little bit, but <laughs> but it does feel like San Francisco has kind of found themselves at a crossroads, which you wouldn't assume being five and two, but it shouldn't be too much to ask from Nick Bosu, who had eighteen and a half sacks last year, to get you one, to get you two, every couple weeks. I mean. And I can argue one of the sacks he's had was kind of a freebie against the Giants. It's not as if he's... No one blocked him. Right, right. He and, was and, untouched. And like then you have Javon Hargrave, who had 10-plus sacks last year. Did a whole, the whole talking point was Niners need a, a receiver. They need a right tackle. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said, no, 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 we're going to beef up our defensive line. And if you do that, the defensive line has better bring it every single game, and they have not yet. No. The Did, Niners made a very, very... Risky bet, and to this point, it has not paid well, off. Go even further. So you lose you lose to Michael Ryan's. You bring in Wilkes. That hasn't looked great. It's not been bad, but tonight wasn't great. It hasn't looked great so far, right? It's been good, not great. Correct? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Isaiah Oliver has been fine, not Jimmy Ward. He's been better lately. Honestly, I've been impressed. Yeah, but he's not. He's been a step down. I would say, yes. right? Okay. Yes. You bring in Hargrave. Yeah, ain't done much, right? He's been he's been fine. He's been fine, but yeah. not been what you paid for, and you paid Bosa. Then you draft Jake Moody. I'm not saying that these things can't be corrected or they're all mistakes. And you didn't go get another tackle. Right. And tonight, let's... I will not say that had Robbie Gold been here, you win the past two games. Anything could happen. He's missed field goals in the past, albeit they're not, not very trot, often. Now, they're not trotting out Robbie Gold for the 55-yarder Jake Moody no. made. That's for sure. And had they gone for a 57-yarder, which Jake Moody may have missed, but 
He's also made he's from 57 this year. That Robbie Gold's missing that by 10 yards. But they're not even attempting it. Is no, the thing. no, they're like pretty they're, throw they're it 50 yards downfield. <laughs> they're trying to draw defense off sides and they're taking a five yard penalty and punting. They would is what let Kyle Yuschek make that kick before Robbie Gold, probably. But it does feel like that some of the risks or some of the moves they have made that whether it's a kicker or shining premier edge rusher or defensive tackle, this hasn't paid off just yet. Doesn't mean it's not gonna happen, but through seven games, it does feel like that a lot of the bigger, riskier, elite you know, player moves they've made just haven't paid off. And when you're in a year where you got to win, you need those moves to pay off, and they haven't just yet. They haven't just yet. The team is still 5-2. and two. Sky is not falling. I'll stick to that, but it is concerning. A couple of losses against teams that you should beat, even if they are at full strength, and they were not at full strength. So concerning for sure. End of the world. Sky is falling. I'm not there yet, but plenty to be worried about. If you're a 49er fan, we want to hear from you. We've got one segment left here on Overtime. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. Martin and Robin, I see you. We'll get to you on the other side. It's Overtime here with Grandy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Sterling on 95.7 The Game. We're back with more after this. Not much you can do about it. I mean, we flat out got beat, and I think right now you got to take it like a man. And we got a game here, and I think tomorrow we wake up, it'll be five days from now. We've got a team coming off a of bye week who's been waiting for this for a little bit, and we can't sit here and worry about what's happened before this. we got to make sure that we do everything from now all the way till Sunday when that game's over to find a way to um, beat the Bengals. And then we go into our bye week, and I just looked at our guys right now as we've got about five and, eight, five and a half days left. We've got to focus all on that and make sure we go in that bye week six and two, not five and three. Now back to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues. One final segment here on 95.7 The Game. If you want to get in, join myself and Sterling. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. You heard from Kyle Shanahan right there reacting to his team's loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 22-17, the final score. He said his team's got to take this loss like a man. And you've, guess what? you got to, you got to forget about this one because you've got another game coming up. 
Six days from now, when you wake up tomorrow back home in San Francisco in the Bay Area, five days from now. Is it going to rain tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know. I like when it rains. <laughs> Sorry. <I> just... <laughs> okay. Thanks, Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just, just thinking about it. I was wondering. And you have a Bengals team coming off of a bye, and you have now a one-day shorter week to prepare for a good football team. This is, t- this is a tough time for the Niners. This is going to test them. I mean, they were tested last year in the regular season. They they faced adversity early. They were tested a lot last year with all the injuries at quarterback. This is this – is, we're going to find out what this team is made of, what this iteration the Niners is made of, based on how they react to these two losses coming home against a high-profile team, yes, that isn't playing the best to start the year, but a high-profile team with a great quarterback, one of the best wide receivers in the league. They have a, a pretty – good front as well. Their defensive line can get after the quarterback. It's a good defense. Really good defense. Really and off a bye and you have a short week. I'm this is gonna be interesting. Let me ask you this. And and, and I get it six days away now. If San Francisco loses three games in a row, falls to five and three, let's say Seattle loses next week too. They go into the bye week, same record, or one game ahead of Seattle. How do you feel? I feel like they're going to have to make a trade to the deadline, which is, I think, Halloween day. What is that move? Everyone's saying, go get Devontae Adams, go trade for this guy and that guy. Like, what is that? Is it an offensive move to help spark the offense and get you out of this 17-point rut? Is it a, you got to get a cornerback? Like, it doesn't feel like there is, like, right now, the way the NFL has kind of found itself and fallen, it's like, there's a couple good teams, there's a bunch of mediocre teams that think they have a chance and there's a bunch of bad teams but those bad teams don't really have a piece you might want like the titans make sense the vikings beat us tonight they're not trading nobody now they're like we're gonna go beat the lions whatever they're three and four they're back in the playoff hunt now all right let's not go that far they are they are and jared goff's the mvp right i mean Until until what happened in Baltimore, yeah. that was looking pretty good, was it, it not? Was, it was, it was, it was. I'll give you some credit for that one. It, it was it was good for what six weeks. <laughs> he could he could so recover. The five, but he you could know. rebound. Um, I mean the the one name that a ton of people are throwing out is Pat Sertan. Of well, if you're the Broncos, do you make that move? I mean, it, it depends what the Niners are offering you in return, obviously. But if if you're San Francisco, you're doing nothing this year. If you're San Francisco, what do you think you need? Do you need to go get another edge rusher? You just traded for one two weeks ago. I don't think you need an edge rusher. I don't. I don't think you need weapons offensively. If you're, oh, maybe a receiver. If you're, I think, a, but maybe if you're acquiring someone for me, I think it's defensive back or right tackle. Interesting. Can or I, maybe a, a a new a swing tackle who can play multiple positions who you feel a little bit more comfortable in than Jalen Moore. Daniel Brunskill is in Tennessee. He was great. Maybe. There is a name that uh, I hope I'm saying the name correctly. Pierce Evans on the on the uh, YouTube chat by First NorCal Credit Union says, and I put it on Twitter today, and it's kind of a weird one. Oh, I'm seeing this now. It's out of the box. I wish I didn't look because I would never have guessed it. <laughs> and I'm not going to say they should do this, and I would get why you would say don't do it because of who they have already on the team. But when I think of a Shanahan offense, I think of running the football. You have Christian McCaffrey banged up currently. You have somebody who, you know, you'd like to get the ball 15, maybe 20 times a game, but you know can be utilized maybe better ways than just running the football. Tonight was an example of that. 
why not call Tennessee about Derrick Henry? I'm not saying that's the only move you make or really the right move to make, knowing what the team needs. But I do think that Derrick Henry, I believe it's his last year of his contract, averaging near four, four yards a pop. He, Elijah Mitchell sucks. You're not going to use Jordan Mason. And if you can't get a Patrick Sertain, which I would, yes, obviously agree, if you can get that player, bring him in here. That would be the A1 steak sauce of player you want to acquire. I'm not even thinking about acquiring a running back. Why not, though? It's already a position of strength. And McCaffrey's already hurt. I don't need to add to that position group. Why not? You don't have anybody behind him. And even if it's not Derrick Henry, they're not going to use Jordan Mason. They have, what, $41 million in cap space. They they have the and ability it, to go out and make any move they and want And if they to. don't want to extend Brandon Ayuk, why not go all out? If you are if you are Wait, that into Brock Purdy, the cap space this this year has nothing to do with IU the the no, ability to keep well, IU. Well, you can roll it over to some of it. space, most of it, all of it actually. You can roll over all of it. I'm pretty sure, yeah, or at least the majority of it. It's not like you trading for Derrick Henry wouldn't hurt your team. In fact, it would well, help. Sure, help of course your team. not. Of course not. And it's talking about I, talking I, about tush push. You watch Derrick Henry do a tush push. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty converted the fourth and one. He didn't the first time. <laughs> he, did, he didn't he convert did the third time. and one, but he did fourth and one. <laughs> he did two tries to get it. But, like, if there's a position group on the team, you said right tackle. I have no – and I haven't looked, so – I'd have to do a little more digging. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea. who Who's trading a starting caliber right tackle right now? The Broncos? You ain't giving McGlinchey back. You just let him go. Oh, you're not paying him that contract. Like, <laughs> may, maybe Daniel Brunskill, who, again, been here for the past handful of years, played – I believe was one of the starting tackles in the Glinchy and Steely both went down in 2019. So there is history here. He's worked well. You can cut Matt Pryor, who is booty. Like, you, there are small moves to make. But if you look at it and you go, $41 million in gap space, but the Broncos won't give us certain, who, who else is there? I don't know. It doesn't the, feel the, like... The market will continue to change. We're now eight days away from the deadline. Yeah. But... But it, it doesn't feel like that there is like that move to make where it'll just fix everything or it'll improve the team entirely where you're like, man, like, yes, I would love to have a fourth cornerback that can actually play nickel if Oliver stinks. I would love to have a swing tackle. I would love to have another backup running back if they're not going to use Mason. I would love to have a, I don't know, another safety. That's where Sertan comes in. I mean, yeah, but (laughs) if I'm Denver, I'm not trading him. Why would you move your best defensive player when you have Russell Wilson? Like, it de- it, yeah, it depends on the Niners are willing to part with. I mean, they're going absolutely nowhere, and yeah. they're not going anywhere but, for a while. But you would trade Jerry Judy, who obviously isn't a fit and is trying to fight Smith on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Or Corlin Sutton. Like, there that's are there bad. are veteran players you would trade, not a twenty three year old star cornerback you got two years ago in the first round. Yeah, that's somebody you call as a cornerstone piece. Like, there doesn't feel like. The move to make. But maybe not. Maybe Derrick Henry makes maybe. sense. Maybe. I, I don't know about that one. That's probably a conversation for a different yeah, day. It'd be a lot we, of fun. We could talk about it when we get to that point. The, I mean, the question was, what happens if they lose to the Bengals? Yeah. That's where my mind goes. Then you got to get Derrick Henry. They haven't lost to the Bengals <laughs> yet. So I'm going to put right. that on the back burner they for now. They can easily win 35-31 against the Bengals. And you're like, easily. oh, 6-2. Get a little bit of home cooking going. Easily that they could rebound from that. Home but we will see. Great. I had some chicken last night. Oh. There you go. Thanks, Mom. It is a challenge. Love it is because you. you're coming <laughs> off of a short week, and the Bengals are coming off of a bye. And the Bengals, despite their record, 
I still would argue a very good football team. We can talk a little bit more about that later, but let's go right now back to the phones. Who is it? Tell me. Uh, up next is Martin oh! from Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Martin, you're on overtime here with uh, with Grandy and Sterling on 95-7 the game. What's up, Martin? What would you think of that Niners loss today? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, hopefully you guys are doing good. Um, Been better. Off, uh, actually, it's Brawley, uh, California. If you guys know, uh, you know Sergio Romo from the Giants, his hometown, Brawley, wow. California, over here. Oh, Brawley, sorry I about really that. Messed that one up. Sorry. No, no problem. <laughs> Just a couple states away, but you guys are good, man. Uh, <laughs> de- definitely not here to give you guys any trouble. We're here for the Niners, right? And, Amen. Uh, for- first of all, man, I sat here and watched this game. And first of all, we'll start with the defense. Of course, everything that you guys have been talking about uh, the entire show ever since the game ended, uh, pretty much one of the things that I saw and I'm pretty sure that you guys feel as well, hopefully, is I get terrified, man, when they when I see an opposing quarterback throw a ball towards Mooney Ward or, th- or towards Diamondor Lenore because if their wide receiver doesn't catch it, it's almost for sure a P.I. Either they're holding, it's illegal contact, Something's going on with the defensive backs, and I think just like you guys were saying, if Patrick Sertain is you know up in the trade block and we can get him, I think that's the way to go, man. Uh, not necessarily saying that we should completely give up on Lenore, and of course we're not going to give up on Mooney Ward because we traded for him last year from Kansas City, but something has to happen, man. These guys are a little bit too over their heads. They think they're unbeatable, and they rely too much on – our front line and our linebackers. And as soon as the ball passes them, they're, they're a very big liability, man. I'm not sure if you guys are seeing it the same way that I am, but I, I'm, I'm pretty terrified whenever I see the ball go, go past Fred Warner. If Fred Warner doesn't stop it, I know sure as hell Moody Ward isn't going to stop it. Aside from that, very good interception in the beginning of the game, but after that it was nothing from him. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Are we at a point where we're concerned about Mooney Ward? I'm not sure I'm there yet. I'm more concerned about everyone else in the defensive secondary. He I mean, wasn't great tonight. He was not. But I do think that, take 2019, that secondary was a lot of unproven players. You had Sherman being the star, yep. but coming off the Achilles injuries, second year in San Francisco. Then you had undrafted Emmanuel Mosley, who has bloomed into something, now hurt again this year, unfortunately. Yep. You had Jimmy Ward, who was playing cornerback for three years and moved to safety, and you weren't really sure what you were going to get from him. Then you had Kwan Williams playing nickel, who was, a, I believe, a waiver pickup from the Browns, who bounced around for a handful of years. Then you had Jaquiski Tart. It wasn't like you had this amazing secondary, but what aided them? What helped them not have to be perfect all game? What helped the linebackers? What helped a, again, rather on paper, not great secondary look pretty darn good? Pass rush. You had D Ford and Bosa and Buckner and Armstead and others along the lines that were doing their job day in, day out, play in, play out. This Niners defense has 15 sacks this year. 15. That's not going to cut it over. About two a game. It's not great. When you look at last year's defense, I believe they had, what, 48 sacks? It's not like, yeah, 44 sacks, and I believe 48 in 2021. They're not on pace for that same number. They're halfway through the year. <laughs> and it's, Almost. It's, right, but it's funny enough that if they don't pick things up, they're going to finish right around where a Steve Wilkes defense finishes in sacks. 38, 35. Despite the fact that he blitzes more than the Niners have in the past. That's a problem. 
and, and you can kind of sense that, you know, they had a luxury of when they had to make Orions, where they could they could promote from the inside. A, a, a person that knew the system, that knew the players, that essentially added a few more wrinkles to improve what was already there from Robert Sala. You're bringing in someone who's entirely new, where you've added a new defensive tackle in Hargrave. Then you're adding in Nick Bosa, who wasn't there the entire offseason program, which his words tonight, while maybe I'm reading too much into it, felt as if he's questioning the pass rush a little bit. Not, Seemed frustrated, for sure. And, and not, he's not questioning, I don't think, himself. I'm sure production-wise he's not happy, but it felt as if he's questioning how they're being used. Um, and you can kind of tell that it's not just that we didn't play good. It's that maybe we aren't being used the right way. And it's tough for a defense that has, you know, is used to you know, playing under a Sala Ryan's defense, not having to kind of, I don't want to say relearn, but having to change how they play for a Wilkes defense that isn't reliant on pass rush and sacks. Well, and that was the big thing. When the Niners were on their defensive coordinator search, they decided to not promote from within like they had the last two times. Mm-hmm. And they decided we're going to go out and get someone from outside the building. And a big sticking point for Shanahan and company was when they interviewed all these guys, Steve Wilkes included, was. You're running our system. Yeah. You're not bringing your system here. You're running what we're used to running. You are adjusting to us. Now, there will be some slight adjustments. Again, like Steve Wilkes likes to blitz more mm-hmm. than D'Amico Ryans has, than uh, Robert Sala ever has. That's a slight change, but you're still running the Niners system, and maybe it hasn't gone as smoothly as the Niners had hoped it would go, and perhaps there is, you know, not a come-to-Jesus moment, but a sit-down discussion where, yeah. hey, we got to – we got to get back to our, our bread and butter and what has worked for us in the past. Maybe the addition of Javon Hargrave is changing things and, and what the skill set is that we can't quite see on the surface, but it is something to certainly keep an eye on. All right, we've got three phone calls we want to get Ooh. to here. we got less than 10 minutes left here on overtime here on 95.7 The Game. So I'm coming to all three of you quickly. Robin and then Villain and Dennis, we're coming to Villain. you here to wrap up overtime. Robin, you're up first. We got to go quickly here, Robin. You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. What'd you think of today's game, Robin? So I'm coming to all three of you quickly, Robin, and then Robin Radio. Robin. Oh, I'm sorry, Robin. You missed your chance. All right, let's go to Villain from Hayward. Villain, you're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. What's up? Hey, just wanted to let you guys know. Right now, the talk is adorable. Don't get me wrong, but the truth is, it's on the linebackers. They were trying to hit, not tackle. I agree. They were trying to light somebody up and not take them down. Mm-hmm. It's on the linebackers. They were not good in pass protect. They were not good in uh, um, covering the the not only the right receivers but not only covering the tight ends. They were not good today. It wasn't on the line. wasn't on the DBs. I blame the linebackers. The fact that you guys are just negligible and even lighting them up, I'm gonna light you up. It's on you guys to put them on blast. Warner, Burks, Greenlaw, Flanagan Faust, whoever our linebackers were, it's on them today. The first touchdown, on them. The, you know, the fact that they weren't stopping the run, on them. The missed tackles, on them. That's all I got to say. Have a good night. Appreciate say the, it. Yeah. Say, I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> sir. Appreciate the call, villain. Uh I would say considering that Greenlaw was back, that unit wasn't as good as I thought. I thought Fred Warner was the best player on defense tonight. But, hmm. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I get what he's saying. Like, 
for a linebacker, you are essentially the last line of defense when it comes to stopping a rushing attack. Or right? tight end over the middle, and TJ Hawkinson was good. They did neither. They couldn't tackle Cam Akers, who they had stopped the previous three years in Los Angeles. They couldn't stop Alexander Madison. They couldn't stop Tyson Chandler. It felt as if whatever. Well, Madison didn't do much. He did more than he usually does. They got 5.8 yards a pop in this game. They, again, they, they the Vikings don't want to run. 5.8 oh, 5. yards per... As a team. As a team. I on the ground? I believe so, yes. 3.5. It's too much. 3.5 yards per, per carry. Madison or the entire team? The entire team. Okay. 21 carries for 74 yards. Three and a half yards per carry. The run defense was fine. It's not great. It wasn't great, but it's not like they were getting gashed. The Vikings well, went away from it. Look at what... Kirk Cousins threw the ball 45 times in a game they scored 22 points. Yeah. The, the run game was not an issue. But again, you're giving up 74 yards on the ground. To the Vikings who do not want to run. There's screen so passes 74. here. There's dump offs. You have to tackle. No, I'm 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 not letting Fred Warner and Drew Greenlaw off the hook for allowing uh TJ Hawkinson to go off over the middle. Which they've been eleven great for eighty six. Yeah. It's I do wonder, going back to Wilkes though, the fact that he like Demeco Ryans was a linebackers coach, played linebacker for a handful of years in Houston and Philadelphia. Uh, worked with Johnny Holland and Fred Warner and Greenlaw and helped improve their careers, make them who they are today. Steve Wilkes is a defensive backs coach, and being at training camp, being at practice, being at OTAs, he wasn't talking to the D-line. It was just Chris Kosarek and Daryl Tapp. He wasn't talking to linebackers. He was talking to Lenore and, and Mooney Ward and Avery Thomas and Oliver. He very much had his hands all over the secondary. Well, now we're at a point where the secondary has their hands all over offensive players on opposing teams. It's not as if, like, for the penalties the secondary currently has, yes, you can point to the defensive line not getting pressure on the quarterback, sure. But it does feel as if that the secondary issues do fall on Steve Wilkes, and only Steve Wilkes. That's fair. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, again, a lot of this is solved if the de- if the rush just gets to Kirk Cousins. It did not today, and it has not for much of this season, and it's a big reason why the Niners have lost their last two games. All right, one more call to get to here on overtime, and then we'll hand out game balls, uh, slim pickings, I think, for game balls today. Maybe we got to give someone to the Vikings. We can talk about that coming up after Dennis in Richmond joins the show. Dennis, you're our last call of overtime here on 95-7 The Game. Take us home. Dennis, what would you think of that Niners game today? Man, gentlemen, I, first of all, I want to say thank you for bringing up all the points I really wanted to bring up. <laughs> um, dude, honestly, I would say from the get-go, it's uh, even for – actually, you know what? Even right before the season started, I thought – and I told my friends this thing, too. I thought the defense was going to be the more – like the more – how can I say this? The more, like, un, unsure thing that we can expect like to, like, you know, to expect – or like a, like the more unstable uh, part of the of the Niners this year because look think about it our corners were never good this whole time since the Kyle Shanahan era right not only that we all we always had an issue with um, with our DBs not able to protect the biggest what players against up against us and not only that. Sorry, hold on. Hey, uh, De- Dennis, Dennis, appreciate the call. We got to get going here. And uh, turn, oh, your, ra- t- quick, t- turn your radio down <laughs> in the background. 
<laughs> During every pause from Dennis, we could hear him uh, his point from 12 seconds ago come back over through the air. Sorry about that, Dennis. We just got to get rolling here on overtime on 95-7 the game. Uh, it definitely is. a. It, there's a different vibe to the defense right now. I think that's what Dennis was getting at a little bit. It just feels like future. It's a, a little vibe. Bit. <laughs> or is that two chains? I don't know who it is. Anyways. Well, it's like what you were saying earlier: confidence in the offense versus the defense. Despite the offense, the last two games, yeah, bad performances, consecutive games. I still feel like I have a little bit more faith in the offense at this point than the defense, which is kind of interesting. I didn't. I would not have expected that at this point of the season. All right, really quickly. We got to do game balls. He's done it for every game so far this year. Most of them have been wins. This is the first time you're handing out game balls this year for a loss. Who got them last week? I wasn't listening. Sorry. Uh, who did Evan and I give them out to? I don't, we gave we gave some to the Browns. I think we gave one to. Did we give one to PJ Walker? We definitely gave one. I hope not. I mean, it was Jerome, okay. Jerome Ford was easily the pick, in that, or Miles Garrett. We're I think we gave one to Miles Garrett. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. I think I got it. I got to go to the Vikings. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins was amazing. 35 for 45, 378, two touchdowns, only one turnover. It came on the first drive. After that, he was perfect. Uh, number one reason why the Vikings won. Kirk Cousins, he gets my game ball. I don't know how to pick, man. <laughs> Maybe if I'm going to go Minnesota, Cameron Bynum, those two picks, two pivotal picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to be fair to or to unfair to him, thrown right to him. <laughs> but... but you get two picks, essentially two game ceiling interceptions on the two biggest drives of the game. Yeah, like he came up big uh, for San Francisco. Maybe you say Jawan Jennings was really good today. Probably had his best game of the year: five catches, fifty-four yards, ten point eight yards a catch. Um, and George Kittle was also really good today. I was gonna say George Kittle. Yeah, five for seventy-eight after he had one catch for one yard last week. Five you like for seventy-eight. That? You like that? <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Kirk. I mean, I I came into this game. I told you guys both, Craig and Sterling. I thought Kittle was going to have at least six catches, at least ninety yards, and a tud. I fell short on all three said, accounts. Guys, he's only one catch away. And guess what? He didn't get another catch the rest of the game. Come on, George. T.J. Hawkinson sold the show because Steve Wilkes let him. T.J. Hawkinson, the better Iowa tight end. Is that what we're learning? Right. Show's over. You can <laughs> All right, that'll do it for <laughs> overtime today here on 95.7 The Game. Niners fall to the Vikings. Wait, 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 wait. 20- whoa, 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 whoa. Bruce Bochy, give him a shout-out. Come on. Shout-out, Boach. On to the World Series yeah, again. Yeah, buddy! Maybe against the Diamondbacks. Lightweight! Diamondbacks also forced a Game 7. I'm sure we'll Good talk a little Boach. bit about that tomorrow on 95.7 The Game. Tomorrow is also Warriors- Season opener. We're excited for that. Kevin Durant coming to town. (laughs) Should be a ton of fun. But it is, of course, reacting to a Niners loss. That'll be all day tomorrow on 95.7 The Game. For now, though, that'll do it for us, for Craig behind the glass, for Cam running around here somewhere in the studio. Thanks so much to both those guys. For Sterling, my name is Mark signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. Niners fall 22-17. Back-to-back losses for the Niners. They host the Bengals six days from now at home trying to get back in the win column. For now, though, this is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in, and have a great night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 